Radio 2000 podcast. I just want to welcome the people's photographer, Spirit Mshambi, on the line. Him and I had a conversation last year when we were doing the Weekend Rhythm when he was doing his photographic uh, exhibition. But now he comes back and we're going to unpack more around uh, photography, uh, particularly around this uh, um, special project with Sowetan and Netflix. My good brother, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Wow, it's always good talking to you. Thank you so much, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. You know, um, I, I always am just in such awe every time I, 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 I flip through um, a publication or mm. look on social media and just see the kind of work that and the kind of impact that you still have after so many years. But I really do want to pick up the discussion uh, from your relationship with, with, with the Sowetan because mm-hmm. you, you have... You have literally been there. You know, you've walked this walk. You've talked this yes. talk. You've yes. built these relationships. So you you, you, you worked under Ndate um, Agri uh, back in the yes. 80s. Please tell yes. me the story of how you got to work for Sowetan. Yeah. Um, this, I was very young. I think around there. I was about 21 years old. Yeah. Um, and I, I was actually a photographer, but I hadn't gone pro yet. Mm-hmm. So I used to do a lot of uh, assignments um, in, in, in the community where I used to live. And then I would have people approaching me to say, hey, dude, your work is so beautiful. It's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think you should just sell it to the newspapers, you know, um, because you can't just keep it here. Because at the time I used to just do those photographs that you people, you, you, you ride a bicycle and then you go drop them off every yeah. weekend um, and something like that. So I I didn't have much means of, of really working for the newspaper because I was really a poor child, hmm. um, not having much money to get into a taxi and go to. So at the time, they used to be at Industrial, um, um, which was just out of uh, Highgate. So I eventually wow. got there. Yeah. Eventually got there. Uh, Robert Makwaza gave me the address and I got there. I gave them the film that uh, I had shot and then they opened it up. They took it to a dark room and printed it. And then the following day, I had my first image on the front cover of the Sowetan. And then I remember, and he, then Robert Maguaza introduced me to the rest of the staff, hmm. and photographic department. We had people like Moffat Zungu. We had uh, Pet Siboko. We had uh, Len Maseko and all of those. And everybody was just excited to have me around. And I was very young and I was very shy at the same time. But they encouraged me. And, and then I started working with, with uh, the legendary Ndate Akritlastum. He had yes. a, a program that he was running with Sowetan uh, Nation Building. And I was mainly commissioned to some of the work that he used to do there. I developed every day. Um, I used to see people like Mbuzeni Zulu who were regarded highly in, in the newsroom. Um, you see Mbuzeni, mm-hmm. he always had something good to publish. So Mm-hmm, he was, mm-hmm. the, news, the paper would wait. People like the sub-editor will say, you know what, Mbuzeni has not arrived, he has not dropped the film. We need to see what he's got because it's almost guaranteed that Mbuzeni will have something great that will go in a paper. So that kind of motivated me, and I wanted to know this guy, you know. Uh, we started talking, and I'm like, oh. Um, he says, you know, take it easy. You always have your camera on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's like your gun. When you walk around... Um, don't take pictures that you are briefed from, from the newspaper. Always have your own eye. What you see, 
start creating from there. I love but that. What, yeah. yeah, but no, yeah. more or less that's where it started. But obviously everything went all the way up to today. All the way up to today, which is just, I mean, you've got the best story. We need to have like a whole documentary about your life and times as a photographer mm-hmm. and all of that. But that's a story for another day. Sure. So, okay. So, so starting at the Sowetan in the 80s, going pro by 1989 must have been quite something. I played a clip earlier that I'd found mm-hmm. on, on, on the YouTube space and okay. it was a clip that you, where you were basically explaining your role, um, oh, yes. yeah, in in this entire uh, Sowetan Forty and Netflix, which mm-hmm. I think is so fantastic. So you mentioned just how far you've come with these musicians that mm-hmm. have, you know, that that have featured in your work over the years. I mean, mm-hmm. you are so generous as well in sharing some of these images on social media, which is yes. just always so wonderful. But I mean, talk to me about how you actually moved from, you know, just being a photojournalist for a newspaper mm-hmm. to really finding such an incredible niche in documenting music and in particular jazz music. Can you take us back to that moment where it occurred to you that that's the direction to take? You know, the funny thing is that um, growing up in those days, um, it was like dog is dog. Um, people were mm-hmm. active in, in, in many forms. Others, yeah. what are your Comrade, others, you are, you know, a politician, um, high school. I mean, I was at high school, but um, I saw a form that sort of attracted me because I used to walk a distance from, from where I used to live to school. So I get exposed to a whole lot of things along my yeah. way to school. So I see a street fight, a stick fight it's over there, and I will see uh, people playing dice over that corner. Mm. I mean, I would walk about 35 uh, minutes or to 40 minutes to school. So mm. in that period, so I would witness a whole lot of things. And then I started carrying my camera. And as I go along, I will capture those, I will photograph those events that I see, mm. Uh, mm. including the bullying. Obviously, I was bullied myself, bullied myself. Yeah. But then mm. I used to pass the area called Jablani Amphitheater because I used to cross the railway line on the Tanzania station from mm. Morocco North going to Zola 1, which is where I used to go to school. So going past that area, and then the, that amphitheater always was, there was Zulu, the nearby Zulu hostel, I think uh, Jablan hostel. Mm-hmm. They used to use that uh, uh, amphitheater to dance there. So that sort of became an attraction in visiting uh, Jablan amphitheater a lot. So, and then you'll see a poster that over the weekend, Steve Kekana will be playing, PJ Powers will be playing, yeah, Bab yeah. Simlange, Nimparanyani, you know, Rex Rabanye, all of those. So wow. I, I took note of that. I said, nah, I want to go see that. Mm. So every weekend I'll be at Jablan Amphitheater. And this is when the music started. I met Mzwaki um, Mbule there okay. at the time. Okay. Um, I met, you know, uh, Brenda Fassi there. You know, and there was always this commotion backstage, you know, when everybody wants to get in. And then mm. I always had a camera with me. But, and in my camera, I didn't have much film because it was not digital at the time. So my yes. school would probably have about <laughs> 15 to 20 frames. Yeah. And you have a whole lot of a lineup of, of artists. You know, to capture. Yeah. To capture. So, and I'm thinking, how would I accommodate everybody? This is when I learned the skill of clicking once. And then you've got your shot. Hmm. You click a second time, you've got hmm. your shot. So you don't have to spend one whole lot of film on one artist. 
So I learned that skill. So hence I'm saying, when I make an image, I'm sure before I click the shutter, this is the image that I want. Mm. So, so that mm. helped me to create sort of an art work of an image rather than just a, a snap, a photo, you know. So you got popular with the artists um, because they see your images published mm. in the Sowetan and they invite you to their gigs. Mm. And I thought, wow, this is special. So I mm. went all the way. And this is where it started. I'm mean, still doing that up to this day. Obviously, I work for other publications, you know, yes. uh, as a photojournalist. But uh, music was always by my side. I never stopped uh, making images of, of music. You know, and hence the, this exhibition that I had. I mean, I had about 90 pieces of, of jazz. And you mm. can't just accumulate that within no time. It's, mm. it's, a life, it's a lifelong project. So, um, I mean, even now, the coming one, uh, the next exhibition, I'll probably have completely new material. And it's not things that I just had to prepare for the next exhibition. It's also from my archives. And say, no, I'll have oh. another 15, you know. So it's a, it's, it's a beautiful journey. I mean, when this... Uh, Invite came along from Marang yes. at, at Netflix to say, hey, Mona, we want to partnership with you um, to reproduce such images. I mean, I was given most iconic images. I mean, those three, mm. you couldn't ask for more. Mm. I have Brenda Farsi and, and Yvonne. Yes. I, I had support sticks uh, with Harare, and I had Johnny Clare with Sipom Kuhn. I mean, I just, that is like, well, probably the best honor I've had so far. So that's what I produce. And those images are looking amazing, you know. Those images are just so wonderfully reimagined. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's for me, it, it almost like brings tears to my eyes because mm-hmm. it's such a wonderful way to share and to tell stories for f- this generation and future generations mm-hmm. as well. Because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, forms of learning have taken on a different shape, a different yes. time, a different space. Yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in adding to what you were saying um, as we started talking about um, um, how you got to find your your niche and your passion in photographing and documenting stories of music and jazz music. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember um, Dr. Hotstick saying something so wonderful about time and and, and place and and yes. purpose. I guess yes. within a particular era, because he was just talking about you know he really wants to do away with the narrative around that his era was the era you know mm-hmm. and and, mm-hmm. and but really just acknowledging the significance of the time and space at that time and mm-hmm. what what you know the kind of energies that were needed then you mentioned that everybody was just participating and active you mm-hmm. were you know a photojournalist he was a musician mm-hmm. and very active mm-hmm. in politics you know because because he had to, you know, as, as a young black man at the mm-hmm. time, other people mm-hmm. were in politics. Others were, were doing this and that while others mm-hmm. were being exiled. So there was mm-hmm. a lot happening. Yes. And yeah, and, and, and I mean, looking at the modern day time now, the artists of today also have their own set of, um, I guess, you know, things that they need to fulfill. So mm-hmm. for you, having been active then and mm-hmm. being active now as well, I mean, what is it that you would like to share in terms of your observations of how, you know, this form of storytelling can move forward, photography as it is? You know, I, I want to echo the ways of, of, of my legend, Sipor Sticks. Um, mm. You know, Sipor is one person, I mean, I, I think we should be so grateful that we still have people like him 
right. um, am, yeah. amongst us. That's you know? right. That's right. And something that also that I like to emphasize is that when, when this project came along, the Netflix and Sowetan, mm. and I suggested to Marang to say, you know, um, on my shoot, um, can I please have these legends present? You know, mm. it, for me, I want that direct that direct uh, and openness and then, you know, let's celebrate them. They're here, you know, as much as others have passed on, but those that are still here, let them see that we love them. Let them see that we're here, you know, to give them even greater stage that they have already. So I, Marang agreed to say, okay, we'll bring them. But now people mention this place and time thing, you know, mm. it, it, it takes me so bad because I did not choose to be a photographer. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. Odds were against me. I mean, things were tough then. You know, yeah. you. Yeah. I went to school at a very late stage at 13. So it was so much confusion. It was mm-hmm. under apartheid. Mm-hmm. It was, there was no line. We didn't have mentors and role models and all of that stuff. Yeah. So if you survive that era, you know, it's a miracle, you know. But, oh. but people like this, Sipo Hot Sticks Mabuse, you know what? next time, let's go into, you jump into a van, you know, whenever yeah, they perform, yeah, you're yeah, there. Yeah. Because that, that opened doors. Now you end up doing more things. I mean, I remember Man. I would always give myself to venues where they play music. Mm. This is something that I don't know, how I've been, I, I didn't even plan it. I mean, I, I was a resident photographer at the Blue Fountain, Godfrey uh, Muloy's uh, place in, in Mapetla. Right. Oh, you know? man. Yeah. And, and, and we became so close. You know, I, I, I could do the whole exhibition on Godfrey Muloy. Um, and he gave me that space. And then the next thing, I was a countdown. You know, I used to do those bays, you know, blues room. I would be there. So I've covered every corner of jazz, you know, all of these artists, mm. baseline, all of those. Yeah. And it was just because of one person that allowed you to the next step. You know, if somebody's given an opportunity and you take that opportunity and you move with it, greater things happen. And you just remain as humble as you can because I'm not doing anything that is extraordinary in approaching my work. It's, mm. it's a natural, it's a, it's a gift that I got from God. I, I wouldn't have asked for anything That's else, right. and I don't think That's I can right. ever do anything else. So it is a blessing that I still do the things that I love up to yeah. this day, and, and then you still get that recognition from, from Sowetan, from Netflix. It's amazing. I can't ask for more. That it, is, it really is. And I think, you know, you mentioned something so important around the idea of having, you know, the, the icons present for this. There really mm. is something to be said about celebrating icons while they are still here, while <laughs> they are still around. Hey, I, I think for me, that is just one of the most profound things, because there's always this talk um, amongst us as, as, as music appreciators and mm-hmm. people in the, in the arts fraternity about how people just don't get the recognition while they are still here. And it's an ongoing debate, but there really is just something absolutely incredible about being able to tell someone in their face, you are a legend. Yes. I want to tell you that right now, that you are a legend. Because, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I cannot thank you enough for your gift. Um, and, you know, sometimes I would imagine as an artist, as a creative, that you just, mm. you do what you need to do and then you move on to the next project. And somebody has just been so moved by your work. And I think mm. that is incredible. That is incredible. It's a, yeah, it, it's a commitment. You know, you, 
You know, we had good people. I mm. mean, people that I look up to, Alf Kumado, you know, Peter Makubale, mm. Robert mm. Makwaza, all of mm. those people. They teach you something, but they don't teach you the whole teach you the whole thing. You pick yeah. one, one uh, a quality that works for you, and you move with it. You know, I, and I can tell you right now, I, the work that I've, I've produced, it's not because it was commissioned by somebody. Yeah. It's purely out of, out of, the, out of my heart. Mm. I love it. You know, mm. I would mm. travel just about anywhere just to create those images because it's not an assignment. Because when you have an assignment, you go shoot that and then you take it back. They're confined. The yeah, yeah, exactly. they're confined. So for me, it's not that. It's more than that. I mean, I would go as far as I went to, you know, and, uh, New York. I mean, I went to Miami, mm. Mm. all of those places just to capture jazz. You know, and it's just all what it is. Hmm. How has jazz music changed your life? You know, I, 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 I know some people still think that I'm a musician. I mean, I get on my inbox. You <laughs> yeah, know, I remember that. Social yeah. media, um, <laughs> they ask me advices about music, about recording, about all sorts of things. And I'm thinking, you know what, um, even musicians that I hang with, you know, they yeah. see you. They think you're one of them, and which is good, so you know. Because I love it. That, yeah, that, that makes it easier for me to mm-hmm. to photograph them in their own natural spaces. I mean, I don't have any restriction whenever I shoot jazz. I could be backstage. I could be in the changing room. I could be in the canteen when they eat. So you blend, and and everybody knows you. And even if you, I have not photographed a certain. I remember this such a humbling thing that I received from Bandisi. You know. Um, I hadn't photographed him for a while, but I remember there was this one day I managed to get him. I think it was in Spear in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And I posted that image on, on my social media. He wrote the most beautiful comment to say, you know what? I made it. I made it to, to this gentleman's lens. I, I feel, you know? I feel this. I, I feel what he's talking about. I, and and also, let's, can we just take a moment to really appreciate you know? Mandisi Gangis and his artistry? Mm-hmm. And also, he's just, I would imagine he's just such a wonderful person to he's be able to photograph. Man. Yeah, he's oh. an interesting character. You know, I, I, he's just, he's just wonderful. He really oh, is. Man, this, this, you know, when you put the two together, I mean, you have a photographer like I am in front, you know, photographing him. And he's aware that, you know what, I need to be captured by this gentleman, I need to be in mm. your archive. Mm. So mm. you can imagine the connection when, when the poses that he gets or his, his movement, he's aware that there's a lens that I need to appear in, you know. So, yeah. And it's not just him. It goes across the board that it, you have to have that something that is extraordinary with the artist to connect in order to mm. get the images that will stand the test of time. Mm. What I'm doing right now with Soweto, Somebody will be duplicating these images that we're doing today, because those—that's right. Yeah, long after yeah. we're all gone, yes. those images will yes. still be there, and we're doing that right now in the right way, at least today. You know, absolutely. And like I was saying earlier, photography is a form of culture that will mm-hmm. never, ever, ever go out of style. If you've just tuned in, we are about to wrap up our conversation with uh, Spiro Mlambi, who is a jazz a documentary a photographer, incredibly uh, celebrated and decorated everywhere, and his work is incredibly significant. Okay, so we're wrapping up our conversation, <laughs> and it has just been so, so wonderful to talk to you again. 
about your, your work, your artistry and working with musicians, but also having a relationship with them. Yes. You know, um, you obviously mentioned uh, some of the icons that come through in uh, in your particular week, because as I understand it, they've been dividing it into weeks. I know there was like a yes. Bumshaka week, which was yes. so popular uh, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. Um, and each week they, 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 there's different icons to, yes, uh, to, to capture, as it were. So mm-hmm. your week was this final one, am I correct? No, my week was the opening one. Was the, the first the one. Very that was the first. 80s. The very yes. first. Okay. And then, and then this this past one we had Neil and Soma who also did Bumshaka, you know, yes. Tembin Yandini and all that, and Jackie uh, Mufking. And then I'm not sure who's next, but amongst them there's also Austin, you know, uh, which is another great photographer. But in today's time, um, and then there's one more person. So there's four of us um, up to. Actually, once every week. So we have two more weeks to go, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's great. Listen, if you can check it out, uh, make sure that you do and, and check it out with your children. You know, teach mm-hmm. them about this wonderful history. Show them the dance moves. Just have a lot of fun with it because it sounds like it was fun for the creatives uh, behind it mm-hmm. to put together. So, Butspiwa, yeah, as we wrap it up, is there anything you'd like to share around uh, just the significance of photography for you, uh, for those that consume your work? Um, you know, w- what do you think is significant in terms of what you would like to leave people with when they look at your images? You know, um, I always say, you know, when I talk to my friends, that we don't document our lives as um, as Black people in, in general, um, mm. we we don't document. I remember when I was still working at the Sowetan, mm. um, we, we used to have this obituary page um, where, where they claim people that have passed. Yeah, but they wouldn't even have their photos to to be published. Mm. So what they will do, they will bring their ID or passport, and then you have to use a micro lens and photograph that image because this mm. person doesn't have photos, you know. Sure. And I know that the cell phones today are making a difference, but those images are still not a quality that you want to preserve for a longer time to go. I just wish everybody, every household could have a camera. Because if, as I'm doing wow. right now, I came, you know, with my friends, two friends who came together to, to have a foundation. Mm. We, we're mm. going to mm. make a difference, you know, in young people. I want to teach, you know, photography, workshop photography. Wow. And just spread it out um, and, and because I, would, I don't want to go with this talent that I have. It has to stay. You know, we live in oh, diff- difficult times as it is right now. It's mm. COVID. You never mm. know what happens tomorrow. So the best thing that we can do is just to give back as much as we can. So this is what I'm doing for now. I'm so moved. I, I'm just I'm so moved by your work and how you how you give back, how you use your art to give back, how you use your art to just move us and inspire us and um I wish you nothing but the best for the future. And it's always just so wonderful to, 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 to see your work. So, again, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for your resilience because, you know, I know the things that you've been through. It's not easy being an artist in this country. And not you, at all. you have been at it. And that, for me, is inspiration enough. So, thank you for your resilience. And thank you so much for your gift. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. You are the best. Thank you so much. This is Sekomasito on Radio 2000.